We wanted to provide something that our employees could use in case of an emergency. So we called it employee loan, loan program. We were able to find two financial entities that wanted to collaborate with us. Because again, the biggest thing for us was that you cannot look at the credit score. Welcome back to her CEO journey. You are tuning in to our podcast series, Investing in Employees. Last week in episode 181, we spoke with Eden Lauren, CEO and co-founder of Nisa. Eden talked about prioritizing empathy and the power of unmentionable in creating a strong culture. One of the ways you can invest in your employee is creating programs that can help them improve their financial well-being above and beyond the salaries and benefits. You're listening to Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for mission-driven women entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Christina Shahli. If you are new here, a big warm welcome. If we are not connected on LinkedIn, please reach out and say hi because that's where I hang out and share my business finance tips. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while and you are a regular listener, I want you to know I appreciate you. My podcast won't be around without your support. This is a free weekly show where my guests and I want to inspire you to balance between mission and profit, to create an impact in this world, and to achieve financial equality through your business for good. In the third episode of this podcast series, Investing in Employee, we speak with Susana Guerra, the Corporate Director of Talent and Purpose at Legacy Vacation Resorts, a certified B Corporation. We invited Susana to the podcast because Legacy was being recognized for the support and benefits they provided to their employees. And one of the programs Legacy implemented is the Employee Loan Programs for Emergency Expenditures. To be more specific, no credit score is required to apply for the loan program. Instead, this program helps employees to build their credit score. Why Legacy believe helping their employees build credit scores important? And what other support Legacy provides so their employee can build their financial wealth? Let's find out Susana's CEO journey. Susana Guerra, welcome to her CEO journey. It is a pleasure to have you here today. Hello, Christina. I am happy to be here as well. Currently, you are the Corporate Director of Talent and Purpose at Legacy Vacation Resorts, a certified B Corporation, my favorite certification. Can you share your journey leading up to your current role? I've been in hospitality for a very long time, and I think my first job was actually housekeeping. I cleaned rooms for a couple of months, and then I moved back to the you know, front desk, PBX, I did sales, I did catering, I did everything in the hospitality industry in different hotels. And that is uh, with the experience an HR coordinator position came open in one of the hotels that I worked for. And I asked the person that was leaving, what, what do you need? What is the position, you know, requires? And she said, well, you, first thing you need to enjoy working with people. I was like, okay, check. Second is that you need to be good with process. I'm like, okay, check. 
there she said you need to have some interview and experience it was like well check I, I said just don't even go with anybody else you know I've done all of that and I just that is how I ended up with my first job as an HR coordinator what made you interested to be in human resources when I started in the HR I realized that besides following policies, learning procedures. It was it was a way of connecting with the employees. I guess I looked at it a little bit different in regards to hiring. My The way I always looked at hiring wasn't necessarily, okay, we're going to fill positions, which is always great, but also it's like, okay, I'm going to find this person a job. Like I'm helping this person to, to get a job and then hopefully move forward from then. I got interested within the training. And within time, I moved, I actually moved pretty quick from a coordinator that I became the employment specialist. And then from then on, I moved to a generalist. When I moved to a generalist, that's when I actually loved it the most because I learned everything that had to do with HR. I learned payroll. I learned the benefits part. I learned that, you know, the employee relations that had already been with, with that. But I got also into understanding more of the uh, strategic planning of the companies and why talent or the uh, team members and having them, I guess, engage made a big difference. When you have people that are not happy, usually they are going to do the job, but they're not going to do more. That's when I started learning the importance of, I guess, creating a good culture. And that then I then I started understanding that our department in all companies have a big responsibility on helping the managers to provide a, a positive inviting culture and then i became a manager director and came to legacy six years ago what made you interested to come to legacy i was looking for another job i was being i had been a director in a small resort I've worked with large corporate companies. I've worked for family-owned companies, in international, you know, com- hospitality companies. A legacy grabbed my attention, not necessarily because of the job description, but when I interviewed, what they wanted and the way that they saw at that moment the position, it was giving me the opportunity to do or develop the department how I wanted it. And so that was something that really got me interested in within my journey. Within a year or so, we got involved with a dream of becoming B-certified. I had done being the sustainable champion, you know, helped with that. So I did say, oh, I have experience with sustainability. And then guess what happened? They were like, okay, well, then you are going to run with it. That is the reward of raising your hand. I have experience with this. <laughs> After going through the process, learning a little bit more and then seeing the changes and having the, the opportunity to do changes and more to come because we're always, we, you know, I, that's one of the things that I love about all of our leaderships is that we are never satisfying. There is so much more that we want to do. There is the list of, the list of wants It doesn't end because we keep wanting more because then we keep learning. We keep seeing this is successful. And okay, how can we, you know, improve it? And that's some of the things that we've done in the past couple of years and within the talent and purpose and within the legacy culture. 
the B corporation and the B certification is not known. It's not something that you can say and people are going to know what you're talking about, especially in the hospitality business. Within the, all of the areas and all of the employees, it was, it was really trying to communicate and for them to understand. And so we started little by little. We started to tell them, you know, why the recycling was important. We started to tell them why giving back to the community was important. We started to, you know, to, for them to start understanding about the environment, what the B Corp meant. When we did the assessment, there was a lot of things that we kind of were doing, but we, we didn't have it on policy and we were not, I guess, being con- consistent in it. We did our best to accommodate being hospitality to what the assessment was, because, you know, in reality, we were the first multi-state hospitality business that got the B certification. I know that one of the biggest challenge in the hospitality industry is the environment aspect of it. But the, the labor aspect of it is also one of the hardest part. Right. There has been like stories about resorts that are not treating their employees well or not paying them enough. When you came to legacy, what was the biggest challenge in terms of the people, the talent and the purpose of it? You are absolutely right. The first thing that we need that we started doing was reviewing policies, surveys, and I just wanted to know wage surveys, trying to just, I just wanted to see where we were compared to, to the industry. That's something that you always want to be is competitive, right? But one of the things that made the biggest change was that our corporate team, including my department, it's corporate. So we, it's centralized. So we oversee all of the locations in one area. And the way that it used to be before was that the employees had to make an appointment to go to what in that time was known as human resources. That was the first thing that I took out because I I am big on open door policies. Unless I'm on a confidential conversation, my door is always going to be open. And I did not like that our employees had to make an appointment to call me or to talk to me or that they had to go to the generalist before they wanted to talk to me. So that was one of the first thing I changed. So within my first four or five months, there was a lot of restructuring on some department heads with some department heads to say, because uh, I want to make sure that the employees were being treated fairly and consistent. At the very beginning, you said you started as a housekeeper, then you moved to the front desk. I'm assuming it helps because you understand what a housekeeper needs to do, what are their struggles, what does the front desk needs to do, what are their struggles, what makes them happy as well as an employee, what makes them not happy as an employee. So I definitely understand the hard work and I definitely understand it's not an easy job to do any of those. It's, it's either one is body stressed, you know, when you're cleaning. And the other one is mentally stressed because being at the front desk and being at the front, far front of guests, you know, and dealing with happy and not so happy guests, it's mentally stressful. And there's a lot of other things also that comes with it. That 
has, I guess, gave me that connection with the team. And so I do understand a little bit more. And whenever, even now, whenever we try to come up with something, my thoughts are always thinking of those people. Like, is is this going to make sense for them? I think the fact that you had been in the role of a housekeeper, you had experience um, being a front desk, and then now you are in a talent and purpose because I know you hate calling that human resources. So (laughs) I think it creates the empathy, right? You know how they can feel. And I think it's really, really important, especially when you want to create a culture where people can feel belong and people can feel that they are hurt, right? I don't know. I think empathy is the biggest thing. And then that's the biggest, you can understand them. Yeah, it gives you that connection. Then when you're a mom, it just, you then develops them more. It's also very hard working full-time and having children, right? And taking care of a house. I cannot even imagine how it is for a single mom. That uh, I'm also constantly thinking and say, how, how do they do it? Those are the things, I guess, that are constantly in my head whenever we try to do something or whenever we hire some uh, somebody. I mean, I even I always say, you know, we have to be flexible. We have to we have to consider our all of our options. We can be close minded on a lot of things. You know, I'm always researching, you know, ways to hire and things. And it's, I always bring up this crazy idea. Sometimes I get that hidden, you know, with a deer look like. <laughs> So how about this? What do you think about this? I read that the majority of the annuals talent out there are single moms because they sometimes cannot just do regular hours because they have the children. They have to pick up, you know, drop the kids, pick up the kids, you know, and they have the weekends available. So why don't we just do weekends for housekeeping? It took me a little bit, but we finally just are doing housekeeping for just the weekend. I said, listen, and why if they come in at 930 and they live at three and they they looked at me like, but we need room three. You will give them the rooms that they need to. It's like we need to start thinking in, in a combination or the connection of the heart and the head and understanding all, you know, it's stop being so structured just because the normal schedule is eight to four. It doesn't mean that maybe nine to five or 10 to six is not going to work. Are you saying the housekeeping only works on a weekend? Like, how does it work? We have some that only work on weekends. Ah. So you give the flexibility for the single mom in this example that they can work on a weekend. Now, I know the talent and purpose aspect of it is centralized, but still you have like eight resources. How do you make sure the work culture remains the same in each of the location you have? Once I started and I started communicating with the team members and I started traveling to the resource, I realized that a lot of them felt like they were on their own, like they were not part of the main picture. So one of the things, the first thing that we created was a newsletter. We created this newsletter where we started uh, enticing all of the managers, send us pictures of your celebrations, send us pictures of whatever you're doing in the resort, send us pictures. 
that's when we started communicating to the employees, okay, this is what we are doing here. This is this is coming. This is a new policy. These are the open enrollment dates. And we do that monthly. We still do that now. And within a period, I guess a couple of months, I started receiving feedback and the employees loved seeing the other resorts. So that was one of the first, I guess, connections that we created. And then I started having monthly meetings with the resort managers. I will go through all of the things that I've noticed that they were not communicated. And when I say communication, one of the things that I've learned is that managers usually, you know, and, and I'll tell you why I hate HR, or the, not HR, the name HR. It's usually, they, they're always seen as the people that tell them no, and that we're just the policy police. But if you really look at it, the name human resources, you're talking about the employees being resources. It's is that how you, you know, I mean, we're people. If you notice now in this couple of years, they're, they're been changing that to people, people in culture department, because they're trying to you stay away from from that for a long time. The only thing that HR did was follow policies. Right. And always the reason that was no, it's because it wasn't within the policy and we needed to make sure that it was consistent. And of course, whenever, you know, there is an issue, a legal issue, who the ones that has to, you know, represent it's the HR department. So, but I also learned that a lot of times when you are saying no, or when they were, when the HR will say no, they missed an important part, which was explaining the reasons why not, or what were the consequences if they went through it. So one of the things that I've always learned, you know, with some of my, I guess, mentors in HR is that we are a support team. We, we do make decisions. We do have a strong part of deciding and, 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 and culture, but at the same time, we're there to support them. So I've always, you know, whenever I, I ask sometimes, I usually don't tell them yes or no. I let them know if you do this, this is what might happen. And if you do this, this is what the outcome might, might be. And it gives them that aha moment, you know, for them to understand why. And so I think it's when they start understanding the big picture, then they, they, stay under, they start using you more as, as the support that you should be. My experience with HR has not been the greatest. Because I felt that there is a police watching my every move. There is no human connection. It is just about enforcing policy and process. What you explained earlier, it seems that there is, must be a balance between policy and process and human connection. And I found a lot of human resources person before, this is a few years ago, lack that connection and understanding. I get about policy and process. I mean, I'm in finance. We are also the back office. <laughs> and then we are the one that's sometimes being seen as, oh, you're just looking at numbers. What matters to you is only numbers. <laughs> you don't care about anything else. But Meanwhile, it's not true. It's really not true. And, and I truly f- believe that it is that connection that you need, how you balance, how you explain it 
to someone, to an employee, why do we have this policy? And being flexible as well, because one situation may not fit in in a certain policy, but if you we look deeper into the heart of the issue and the person itself, maybe there is flexibility that we can put in place. It, it cannot be rigid. No, and I, absolutely, you know, uh, a few years ago, I remember I got questions like, so what, you know, uh, on one of the interviews about we must treat everybody equal. And <laughs> maybe that's why I didn't get the job. But I said, no, you, you can't treat everybody equally. And they, they looked at me and said, what do you mean? I said, no, you, you have to be consistent, but you have to look at each individual. It's not that we're treating everybody equally. We just want to be equitable and give everybody the same opportunities and the same chances. And we have some managers that are more flexible, somebody that are more sticklers to policies, which is fine. Not everybody is the same and everybody manages differently as long as they work for the department. My biggest thing is to make sure that that they understand the reason behind it and why things are being done. Here's my question about, I want to understand the reason why Legacy has this employee loan programs for emergency expenditures. Why do you feel this is important? We've always had that special loans, you know, an employee has a problem, we provide loans and then they pay it off. But then when we went to a B uh, champions retreat, we heard about Rhinos Food, they're in Vermont. They provide actually the cookie dough to Ben and Jerry and they presented this, they call it income advance, which was a quick way to provide short-term loans to their employees. And one of the biggest things that they did one, it was quick. And then they had a financial institution that didn't look at credit. When I saw that, I was like, oh, we should bring it, you know, to us. 60% of the population that lives paycheck to paycheck. The highest percentage of people that live paycheck to paycheck are those that made less than 40,000. Now it's less than 50,000, but that's actually the majority of our you know, operation employees. Having the capability of providing that and the majority also of our employees, you know, are Spanish speaking, uh, a lot of them have come from other countries. Creating credit, you know, or, or building credit, I've learned that for a lot of them is new, that doesn't exist in other countries and they don't, you know, and the under the, the true understanding of what that is, is non-existent. We wanted to provide something that our employees could use in case of an emergency. So we called it employee loan, loan program. We were able to find two financial entities that wanted to collaborate with us. Because again, the biggest thing for us was that you cannot look at the credit score. I did a quick survey with the departments, you know, with our housekeeper department, and I find out what, what is the biggest issue that they encountered? What is the biggest lack of money that they have? And usually it came to, you know, deposit for the new apartment, electricity bills, those are the things that if you leave paycheck to paycheck, to, you can come out and you can borrow. But what normally a lot of people do is that they go to those payday things like Amscot or there's another one. And if you don't pay on time, 
the percentages, it's crazy. I've heard of, you know, people that are ended up, they only borrow 500 or 600 and then they couldn't pay on time. So then they ended up paying like 1600, triple what they ordered. That's insane. That's just not fair. But because they don't either, they don't have credit or they don't have good credit for whatever circumstances, then it stops them. You know, they, it, there is a block that it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. It reminds me of one of the reasons why actually I was leaving the job before coming to Legacy. And, and I cringe when they make me do credit reports for them to be higher or not. Because I always thought that, who are we to judge why those things happen? I mean, that doesn't mean that they're not good employees. They just might not have a good understanding of savings. They might just not have a good saving habit, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to be good employees. When we heard about this and, and I understood a little bit more of the needs of, of our employees, we thought this was a great to have. Whether it was used or not, we thought it was great to have. So we partnered with um, Solida's House and they are a nonprofit financial educational organization based in Tampa. And they provide financial literacy and they try to help the community to understand the basics of just being economically educated, not wealthy, but, you know, to have that information. And then Spring Bank, which is a B certified bank uh, based in New York. With that, we have been able to provide employees quick turnaround loans. Because it's a loan, they're paying it. Like we we do a direct payroll uh, deduction. So it's they don't have to worry about creating a separate account or, or checks or whatever. It just, they don't see it, right? It comes from their paycheck. So it's it's very easy for them. But then once the loan is paid, the idea is for them to continue using that money to build a savings account. With the transition of them receiving the loan, I know for a fact that Solida's house, for them to be approved on the loan, they have to sign up for financial literacy classes. And they do work with them and to learn them how to manage a budget. Simple things, you know, that I that we don't get taught in school, you know, unless our parents are like really, you know, awesome at budgeting money or they're, you know, and they teach you and make you understand how money works. You don't know. You go to college and you got money and you're like, oh, okay, I got money. I'm by myself. And then you realize like, oh, I have to pay this and I have to pay that. Like, what? (laughs) So you're basically giving the whole package then. It's not only giving them the loan, but you also, through this program, they are being taught about financial literacy. They are also through Spring Bank, right? Through Spring Bank, this has also helped them to uh, build saving for the future. That's awesome. That's, so how many employees in terms of percentage are taking this uh, opportunity or this program? So this year, I have seen an increase on using it. We were expecting more because of the word of mouth, you know, and then, you know, 2020, I don't think anybody was we didn't have to worry about it. But then within the last part of 2021 and 2022, we have received 
we actually went through a period of August or, or maybe we were we receiving, I'll say three a month. I'll say 90% of them are were approved. So how it works is that they, they don't look at the score of your credit, but they do look at your capability of, of paying. They look at your monthly income, right? They look at your expenses and then they look at what you might have had in collections. And that's how they make the decision of approving it or not. During the past times, during the three years that we have received, we've only had two that I, I have not seen because we don't know why they were not. We just we, I just know because um, we have to verify the employment. They have to be with us for a year for them to be. So th- those are the only, one of the requirements that the company, the financial institutions require is that they have been with us for a year because that's totally understandable, right? They want to have some type of job security. But I've only seen two that have not been approved because I have not, I have never, I have not received the, here is the information for you to set up the payroll deduction. So when you try to implement this three years ago, what were the difficulties you run into? Well, it was something completely new that a lot of our employees did not know it existed or maybe they didn't understood how it worked. So what I did, actually, we had two of my employees applied for a loan. One needed credit because she wanted to buy a house. So she applied for the loan to just build credit. And the other one applied because to try it out, just, just to go through the process. See, that's, that's another thing, you know, when you when you want to explain the employees how it works, you need to try it. Like, you know, you can't tell somebody that your product is awesome if you've never tried it. I had uh, my two journalists apply for it. So that way when employees, that, that helps. So when employees came, they were able to explain how long it took and the process it did. And then um, I had actually one employee that did three times, three loans with Solidas. And then we had a few more. Now really the worth of mouth is it was there that, you know, and we revamp it. We resent information. We communicated with the manager. We communicate with the employees. We have to make sure that we're in constant communications with the managers because sometimes we, you know, we have managers that move, move on. We're constantly revamping. Okay, so if this is not working, how are we going to make sure that we make it across? So that's what we just did. We resend to everybody the information of the employee program and we have added it in orientation and we have added a little longer with a longer information of it. I mean, we bombard them, especially this past year, we have bombarded our employees with, with a lot, so many programs that, the one that has been more successful, though, and I'm so happy we created besides this, but it's also looking into financial wellness. You know, I mean, it's like financial wellness. It's 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 I guess it gives you a little bit. And, and I'm not saying peace of mind. I say I think it gives you a little bit of mind peace, you know, when you know that you have a resource, whether you're going to use it or not, but you know that's there. The only thing that we created was a pay leave. So it's not just for parents. It's for anybody that has to go out. It's, it's going to be out for FMLA, you know, for, for, for medical leave. It's stressful enough that you know that you're going to have to be out 
for so long. Sometimes a medical situation, it's, it's an emergency. You're not prepared for it, right? You know, and so you don't have, you have vacation safe. You don't have sick time safe. And then what are you going to do through that time that you're out? You might have not purchased short-term disability either because you didn't expect this was going to happen. So we implemented this. So we pay, we pay four weeks. Oh, that's nice. So you just implemented this program, the paid leave. We just did it the end of last year. Ah, That has been taken very, very well. The first one was so excited when we announced it. And actually they, he called us because he's like, I had no idea what I was going to do. I was trying to figure it out because he was having a baby. He was only going to take the time that he had vacation. So he was going to come back sooner than what he really wanted to spend with his you know, newborn. When we announced this, like, so that means that I can take the whole time and I'm going to get paid. And we were like, yep, just make sure that you fill out the form and that we have, you know, we approve it. So if we're talking about this, like if we're really being true to provide the loans, right, to provide, we're talking about financial wellness, then, then we need to look at that as well. If we're able to do it, and it's not that every employee is doing it, you know, but but if we are able to give that peace of mind in regards to like, listen, you're, you at least have four weeks where you're going to receive a full paycheck. It's not even 60% or it's a full paycheck. I hear you. It's a game changer. It is. It is. I have heard and read many things about your experience in human resources and then how you have been implementing many programs. If there is a founder in my audience that want to know where and how they should start implementing programs that really focus on people first, what would be your recommendation? Where should they start? One of the things probably is review, review the policies and benefits that they have in existence. Do they really make sense? Do they have, are they law-based policies and procedures or are they so strict that it's affecting the production and the turnover of the company? Review the wages, look at the market, look at what, you know, what's out there, what's being paid, be honest and transparent. And, and I think one of the, Biggest thing is do surveys and ask your employees when you look at when the senior leadership gets together and they have ideas, right? Oh, this program will work. This program will work. This program is an excellent program. But before you decide on a program, do a quick survey because the worst thing that can happen is that you provide these programs and none of the employees are interested in, you know, and they're looking at it like, why am I interested in this? You know? We think that it's going to be a great program, but we really don't know what the utilization is going to be. You know, and and a quick survey, a quick Google questionnaire, five questions, you know, what are you interested in? Is is this a program that you will be able to use? We do that every, we we started doing that every uh, open enrollment, you know, because we've had, oh, maybe this will be cool, this will be cool. And sometimes the answer is like, no, no need to waste money on that. There is no interest in it. So I think that's, that's actually very important. For anybody to do people-first workplaces, you need to ask the people first. That's a very good point. It's true. 
<laughs> so, Susana, this has been a pleasure. Where can people find you and where can people uh, find Legacy Vacation Resorts? So I'm on LinkedIn. Anybody can find me on LinkedIn. And Legacy, you know, also has a page on LinkedIn, but we also, you know, just look for Legacy Vacation Resource, you know, Google it and they'll be able to find what we do, who we are, and what our goals are. We really base everything we do into the, the uh, people, the environment, the community, and our employees. Thank you so much, Susana, for being here. Thank you, Christina. And that's bring us to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Her CEO Journey, the business finance podcast for mission-driven women entrepreneurs. When you are ready to grow to the next level and seeking a finance team and a fractional CFO who are all in on your mission and can help you maximize profit to make a bigger social impact, Connect with us at theprofitreimagine.com forward slash let's chat.